Hello, and welcome to the Anxiety Rx podcast, a show created by an anxiety specialist and neuroscientist, me, that offers unique, practical, and actionable advice to help you understand what anxiety truly is and exactly what you can do to empower yourself to resolve it. I'm your host, Dr. Russell Kennedy, an MD who suffered with crippling anxiety for 30-plus years, and traditional therapy from psychiatrists and psychologists really didn't help me feel better. And I also didn't like being on psych meds. In 2013, after burning out and leaving medical practice, I came to the conclusion that if I was ever going to heal my anxiety, I would have to do it myself. And that's exactly what I did, drawing from experiences with psychedelics and holistic healing and combining those modalities with my scientific academic background in medicine, neuroscience, and developmental psychology. Here on the Anxiety Arcs podcast, I offer a distinctly non-traditional and non-medical approach to understanding and healing anxiety. So despite the fact I'm trained as a physician, in no way is what I say and suggest to be construed as medical advice because none of the ways I use to resolve anxiety has anything to do with traditional allopathic medicine. From my own healing, I've created a distinctly non-traditional understanding and approach that helps thousands of people from all over the world understand and relieve their chronic anxiety. So if you're ready, let's get into today's episode. On this episode of the Anxiety Rx podcast, I'm going to talk about a practical issue, something that I still do to this day that really, really helps me move past my anxiety. Because the biggest thing about anxiety is it gets you sucked into your head and you can't escape. So we endure what I call the anxiety alarm cycle, which is the old alarm that's stuck in our body from old wounding that's still there. Even if we deny it, it's still there. And through this process of interoception, our mind is always reading our body and it reads that old trauma that's there. And it makes up worries, warnings, what-ifs, worst-case scenarios to match the feeling of that background alarm that's sitting in, my, in your body. So it's really important to break that cycle. If you don't break that cycle, you're going to be stuck in it for the rest of your damn life. I know I was stuck in it for 40 years. It's important to really understand that anxiety is not so much a function of the mind as a function of old stuff, crap, shit that's held in your body, and it's still in there. Now, of course, you can't separate the mind from the body. It is a bit of a construct, but it's a helpful construct, and it's something that's really, really helped me resolve my anxiety. And people ask me, have you healed your anxiety? And I would say, yeah, I would say that I've healed my anxiety. Am I anxiety-free? No, anxiety is part of life. You can't get rid of anxiety. Chronic anxiety, compulsive anxiety, you can heal from. Regular anxiety is always probably going to be a part of our lives. There's nothing we can do about that. Unless we become a Zen Tibetan monk or something like that. And even then, I think they probably have a little freak out here and there. Can't imagine monks that just losing it every once in a while. Anyway, that's just my theory, probably out the window. But getting back to practicality. So it's really about tolerating this alarm and not just tolerating it in our system, but embracing it. Because I do believe that that alarm is your younger self. It's a part of you that got held immobile or felt powerless. Because when we're children, we do feel powerless. If your father's schizophrenic, like mine was, or an alcoholic, or your mother's narcissistic and freaks out every time that she doesn't get her way, that causes trauma, that causes alarm, and it gets stuck in our body. 
And it's very difficult to clear that if we, every time we feel that alarm in our body, we go up into our heads and start to ruminate. Now, when we were children, that was a way of tolerating uncertainty or doing the best that we could at the time. So we go into our heads as children because that pain, that alarm, that trauma that's stored in our body is too much for us to bear. So we need to find a way of dealing with it. So we go into our heads and we come up with warnings, what ifs, worst case scenarios in our heads because in a way that's a level of separation from this horrible feeling of alarm in our body. And I do believe that anxiety, the way we call classic, what we call anxiety, is a separation of your adult self from your child self and a separation of your mind from your body. And ironically, we kind of have to separate our mind from our body in a way, in a very conscious way, to be able to heal from anxiety. So this is, this is what I want to get into today. I want to get into what I do and what's made a huge difference for me. So I will wake up most days with alarm still. I don't give it a lot of credibility. I don't add a lot of thoughts to it. It's just there in my body. And it's been there for so long, I, it's kind of like an old friend now. I also look at it as the younger version of me. So this is, this is what this episode is about, is when you feel anxious, can you find that in your body? And this is what my, my program, MBRX, Your Mind-Body Prescription for Permanent Anxiety Healing, is all about. It's finding that younger version of you that holds the alarm in your system. That's really the key to healing from anxiety is finding it in your body. Because typically what we do is we go into our heads and if, say the problem is in our, our heart, right? The problem's in our heart. And we continually, every time we feel this pressure in our heart, we may not even be aware of the pressure in our heart. But every time we feel it, we go up in our head and we try and think our way out of it. We try and think our way out of a feeling problem. It never works because it's always temporary, just like it was when you were a child. Your escape into your head may have provided you with a little bit of relief, but it was always temporary. It would always come back around. So can you find the alarm in your body? And for me, it's in my solar plexus. For many people, it's in their heart. Other people, it's in their throat. Can you connect with that, even if it's painful? Because it is painful. That child is in pain that's still in you. It's, that's what's creating the anxiety of your mind is this alarm that's stuck in your body. Finding that alarm is really, really key. And that's what MBRX does. Some of my programs do that, but I'll do that a little bit today. So it's really about if you're in a quiet place, if you're in the car or whatever, you can do this later, But what? and I'm going to shorten it up. So it's basically when you feel anxious, I want you to start searching your body looking into your body for a place of heat or pain or pressure, something that just feels intense that you probably haven't been aware of because we get so used to going into our heads to try and solve this anxiety problem. The anxiety problem isn't in our heads, it's in our body. So can you find that alarm in your body? As I said, for me, it's in my solar plexus. Where is it for you? In your quieter moments when you're feeling anxious, if you, if you wake up with alarm like I do, Search your body. Where is that alarm? Again, for me, it's in my solar plexus. For you, it may be in your heart or your throat. Some people, it's in their face. Some people, it's across their shoulders. Just finding that alarm is really finding the younger version of yourself. And I know this sounds repetitive, and I'm doing this on purpose 
because I need to get past your overprotective ego. So if it feels like, oh my God, get on with it, Dr. Kennedy. Come on, let's move it. Let's move it along. Let's go. Let's go. It's repetitive for a reason. The book is written that way as well. MBRX is written that way as well. It's to get past that overprotective ego so that I say it to you so many times that it starts to become second nature. So finding the alarm in your body, absolutely key. For me, I wake up with it. It's in my solar plexus. And then I try to just embrace it. I put my hand over that area and I just sit with the sensation. I just allow the sensation to be there. And then after I allow it to be there for a while, I start to embrace it as my younger self. I start to see if I can see my eyes when I'm younger. And at different points in my life, I went through different stressors. My stressors at 12 were different than my stressors at 16 or whatever. But just going back and finding that place in my body that still hurts, that still holds that pain, and see if I can find the child that's associated with that pain. And for me, there's three or four different children that I have in me. One that's very young, like three or four. One that's around eight, one that's around 12, and one that's around 16. And I basically find each one of those, maybe not all on the same day, but I will focus on one particular version of me that went through some difficult times and see if I can find him, see if I can find his eyes, see if I can see what he's wearing, see if I can just tap into how he felt at the time. And then I just sit with that sensation and it's uncomfortable. But the key thing here, the absolute key is that I don't add negative thoughts to it. My habit throughout my life has been when I feel this alarm in my body that I automatically go into my head and I try and solve it in my head. And there's no solving it in your head. There's no grounding in your head. Your, your mind and body have been separated. And in a way, as I said, I am trying to teach you how to do that in a positive way in that you separate the compulsive worries from this sense of alarm that's in your body. So when you feel this alarm, of course, you can't do this when you're driving or whatever, but when you feel this alarm, put your hand over that area. Find that area of alarm. And then just practice staying with it and then going deeper into it. And then can you embrace it? Not just accept. There's a lot of stuff out there on Instagram and wherever, but, oh, you must accept your pain. It's like, no, you must embrace your pain because your pain is your younger self. Your pain is the child that's still in you. So Give them the love and attention now, that child that they didn't get back then. Show them that they're not that powerless, helpless child anymore. Show them that you're there to protect them. Bring them along. I've shown my younger self that I've become a doctor and a stand-up comedian and a yoga teacher. I brought him along to that because the amygdala never forgets and the amygdala has no sense of time. So a lot of us have a child through the amygdala in our brains that has stuck. We are stuck at that age. And I, I know this for a fact. I know there's a feeling when I watch them take my dad away in the ambulance. I, there's part of me that's stuck there. And there is a theory that says that if you experience a trauma as a child that's not resolved, part of you stays stuck at that point for the rest of your life. And I do believe that it does form this little groove inside of us. But can we really... Focus on that, even if it hurts, even if it's painful, to just sit with it. If you wake up with it or the anxiety starts as the day goes on or as the sun starts going down, 
Can you sit with that pain? Can you allow it to be there? Because once we start feeling okay with the pain, we don't have to feel good about it, but we can feel okay with it, then that compulsive automatic urge to go into our minds and worry starts to fade a little bit because we don't need that coping strategy anymore. The reason we went into worry into our heads in the first place is because in our body it was just too much for us to handle when we were children, powerless children. It was too much. So what we did is we went into the only place we could, which is our head. And some of us, including me to this day, we still go into our heads when we feel like we still dissociate. I still will start zombie scrolling Instagram or going on Amazon and shop for things that I absolutely don't need. But it's so critical to understand that we're just bypassing the pain. And I've I've drawn this analogy before. It's like, say you have a motorcycle in your front yard and you want to learn how to ride that motorcycle and you read all these books on how to ride a motorcycle. And then you go out to the motorcycle and you think, no, I need to write, I need to, I need to, to, to read a little bit more about the brakes or the transmission or the gears or whatever. And you go back inside until you actually get on that motorcycle and maybe fall off a time or two. You never really get confident on that motorcycle. And it's the same thing with your emotional pain until you can actually get on top of it and, and allow it to be there and embrace it. It's always going to run your life. It's always going to make you, it's always going to fire you into your head and go into this anxious loop that you can't get out of, that the child in you believed was helpful. And I believe it was helpful when you were a child because that was the only place you could go, but you're not a child anymore. You're not a child, you're not a helpless, powerless child anymore that's been held immobile in a a bad, bad situation. And it doesn't even have to be that terrible. If you're a sensitive child, which just about everybody I see with chronic anxiety was born sensitive, it doesn't take a lot of trauma to push you into that alarm state. So what I'm trying to tell you is, can you allow yourself to feel that alarm? Can you embrace that alarm? Can you see it as your younger self? Can you see the eyes of the child in you that is looking to be seen, heard, loved, and protected now in a way that they never got back then? Can you really sit with it and just notice how compulsive it is to go into your head and worry? And what you'll probably notice when you do this exercise is that, okay, I can sit with it. It hurts. I don't like it. And then before you know it, you're all, all of a sudden back in your head again. You're worried. Like, how did I get back here? How did I get back in a worry again? I was just trying to focus on this place in me and see my younger self and see what they were wearing and see the house they lived in, see the, uh, my bedroom, like see as many facets of my younger self as I possibly can. And then all of a sudden I'm back in a worry again. How did I get here? How did I get here? It's so automatic. It was such a it was such a defensive adaptation as a child for you to go into your head and worry that that's your go-to. That's the groove that's put in your psyche, in your nervous system, is to go into your head and worry when you get overwhelmed. And what I'm trying to show you is how to consciously try to just stay with the pain, see the pain as a younger version of you so that you don't have to say, see the pain as your enemy. Your pain is actually a message from your younger self saying, we need to do something differently. I need to be, it's the child in you sort of yelling up to you saying, I need to be seen, heard, loved, protected. That's what I need. So can you give that to me? And that's what this exercise is all about, is really 
seeing, hearing, loving, protecting that younger version of you that didn't get that when they were that age. And it may be a number of ages. You may have gone through different traumas when you were younger, or you may have been through one chronic long trauma, like had an abusive parent or abusive alcoholic parent. But it's finding that child and staying with them. And it takes practice. Like it's not, you're not going to just all of a sudden be connected to that younger version of you. And then it's just going to, that's going to be it from that point on. Like you're going to go back and forth into your head a number of times and your ego will, your overprotective ego will freak out when you just stay with this pain because it's going to hurt, but it hurts so much less after you've done it for a while. And after you realize, Hey, I'm actually in control of this. I don't like this feeling. I don't like the alarm, but I can learn to love the child who's alarmed inside of me. That's the key. So really to summarize, this is a bit of an ethereal episode, but to summarize, when you feel anxious or alarmed, see if you can just stay with it and and watch your mind's automatic reflexive reaction to go into your head and worry because that will never help you. It will always hurt you. And if you can acclimatize, and Bessel van der Kolk talks about that and the body keeps the score, we're not teaching people how to get rid of their anxiety. We're actually showing you how you can acclimatize to the sensation in your body. And once you acclimatize to the sensation in your body, and this is what I wake up with every day, I know I have a choice at that point whether or not I add thoughts to it. And sometimes I get sucked into my thoughts for a few minutes, but in general, it's like, no, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that anymore. That's not me anymore. And I want that to be you. I want that for you. I want you to be able to feel that alarm in your body and not add thoughts to it. Because then, like the motorcycle, you start to adapt to it. You start to acclimatize to it. You don't automatically go up into your head. And again, this is repetitive for a reason because your ego is going to defend against this madly. Stay with the pain. Stay with the discomfort. And don't allow your mind to take over and start making up warnings, worries, worst case scenarios. Because that will keep you in that alarm anxiety cycle forever and you will never get out of it. Now, there are some traumas that are too much for any of us to bear. Physical, emotional, sexual abuse. And you need some help. It's hard to stay with that trauma. If you find that you just can't do it, it's probably a good sign that you need some, some, a therapist or a counselor to help you because this is the only way out. The only way out is through. You've got to feel it to heal it. You have to bring it up to the surface. You have to see that pain as the younger version of you that you don't want to connect with because that child holds all your pain. So why would we want, as adults, why would we want to go back and visit that child because the child holds all our pain from being bullied or neglected or abandoned or abused. Why do we want to go back there? Well, we don't want to go back there, but we have to go back there. And if it's too much, find someone to help you. Find a therapist, find a counselor who can help you. Preferably, preferably one that does like internal family systems work or somatic experiencing work. Psychedelics, eh, I'm not sure about that yet. 
But when people come to see me and they say, should I do psychedelics? I say, do six months of IFS or do six months of somatic work. And then if you still feel like doing psychedelics, you can. But the whole key is to be able to go back and find that younger version of you. And you can find them because they're, that's where the pain is. That's, that's where the issue is. It's in that place in your body that you hold your alarm. That is your younger self asking to be seen, heard, loved, and protected. So when you feel the alarm, put your hand over it. Breathe into it. Really connect with it. Allow yourself to feel the nuances of it. Breathe into it. Just how does it feel? And then you will teach yourself that, oh, I don't like this feeling so much, but I'm used to it. But it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't kill me anymore. And the reason why it's so much easier to deal with is you're not adding insult to injury. Yeah, the alarm hurts, absolutely. But when you go into your head and worry, you just stick a knife in there. You just make it so much worse. So probably the biggest thing for me that's helped me recover and heal from anxiety is being able to deal with the sensation of alarm, see it as my younger self, see him, love him, protect him, show him that he's cared for, and do that over and over and over again. It's a much better use of your time and energy to go into that alarm and reassure that younger version of you than worrying. Worrying you will never get out of. Worrying is a trap that you'll never get out of. But connecting with that younger version of you, as woo-woo as that sounds, and as a medical doctor and a neuroscientist, it's difficult for me to kind of go there. But it's the only thing that's really helped me heal from anxiety after 35 plus years of therapy and thousands and thousands of dollars. So feel the alarm, sit with it, embrace it, see it as your younger self, see them, hear them, love them, and protect them. And I mean, by that, I mean your younger self. And that's how you heal. And I'll see you next time. So that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And if the Anxiety Rx podcast resonates with you, consider getting my book, also coincidentally called Anxiety Rx. Or you can follow me on any of the social media platforms at The Anxiety MD or my website, www.theanxietymd.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you the next time on the Anxiety Rx podcast. <laughs>